Hi guys, it's Lisa from Cody and welcome to season two of the Cody cast. Woo! I feel like I should have inbuilt some sound into here, um, but we're going to be talking about what is trending in the world of digital marketing. And today, I'm not alone. Um, I have a friend with me. <laughs> um, welcome to the show, Goose. Thank Woo! you for having me. Thank you for saying we're friends. That's so nice. <laughs> David, if you're listening, just make it sound like there's a massive crowd and audience cheering for us. <laughs> can. Uh, look, I know you hear this all the time, but I feel like uh, if you're Goose, I'm going to be Maverick on today's episode, if you don't mind. No, please, you should change your name to <laughs> Maverick and the thing. <laughs> At the moment of Maverick, I'm sure David can make me look cool with some aviators and, you know, maybe some input Top Gun music <laughs> into the show. Um, look, can I just say on a real side note, I think Tom Cruise is one of the most underrated actors of our generation. I personally, it's like, what bad movie has he done? Like, exactly. Like, I completely agree. Like yeah. he gets a bad rap because he's a lunatic, but <laughs> he's also a really hardworking lunatic and he's always, he's really consistent. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, look, Tom Cruise, massive fan. Feel free to slide into my DMs anytime. Be Ooh. glad to say hello. Uh, but on today's episode, we are not talking about Tom Cruise's movie um, back catalogue. We are in fact talking about content. And actually the topic is hashtag no filter. And why Gen Z want to know more about authenticity in content or want, want to know more, want more authenticity in content. That is what we're talking about. Um, so Goose at Cody Agency, maybe just quickly give a spiel about what you do at Cody. So I am, I think multimedia producer is my actual title. I should probably double check that at some point. <laughs> but we'll go with that. Yeah. The general gist of what I do at Cody is I uh, make and edit video content for social media platforms. That's 90% of what I do. Okay, so in terms of Gen Z, like I look, I think Gen Z are going to change the world. They're honestly just incredible, the amount of knowledge and, and content they consume. But um, obviously, are you Gen Z? No. No, I, um, yeah, I'm pretty like smack bang or maybe the tail end of millennial, I think. Ah, okay, great. Can you tell us a little bit about Gen Z and why you think that they want more authentic content? Because I feel like our generation is quite superficial. <laughs> well, I think it boils down to how they have been raised and are being raised as opposed to how we older folks are being raised. They, the internet's older not, folks. yeah, not us, like older people, people who aren't in this podcast recording. <laughs> okay. Uh, we like, we came into the, I mean, I came to the world, the internet was very much in, in its infancy. It wasn't a common thing yet. And it certainly wasn't uh, as prevalent and it, it would still have that stigma of being the internet's a thing for weirdos, and it's just a thing for for for, for a comic book guy on The Simpsons. He's always the one that was cl most like closely associated with the internet. If you're on the internet, that's what you were. But Gen Z weren't born into that world. Gen Z were born into the world where the internet is the be all end all. That's where all the content is. That's where all the money is. That's where everything is. So they've been raised on it. They know it better than most. I'd say a lot of senior digital marketing people who've sort of locked into their roles and will not understand it as natively as someone in Gen Z might because they weren't born with it. They weren't, I mean, they weren't raised with a tablet when they were a toddler. 
They didn't have a phone when they were six. They didn't have a favorite YouTuber when they're eight years old because YouTube wasn't a thing. If you go into a classroom and I've many teacher friends who will back me up on this and they speak to these Gen Z kids and you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? 80% saying, oh, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a TikTok star. I want to develop content. So they've got this, uh, they've got this barometer for content, this nose for content built into them. It's in their DNA and that's not going to change. It's only going to get more and more and more. Oh, it's actually crazy. I, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was uh, growing up, I had to use the Encyclopedia Britannica books to get mm -hmm. information. And I'd be like literally going through going, where's D? Where's D? I've got a project on ducks. Okay, great. What do I, what, what's it talking about in the world of ducks? And that's how you get your information. Whereas now you can literally Google ducks and 10 million videos will probably pop up with ducks or articles or, you know, there's TikToks. Like it's, it's, it, it almost obscene how much inter how much internet how much content there is on the internet it's crazy so i feel like as a generation they're so much more switched on than any generation before um you know before them absolutely and it's terrifying to think what the next generation is going to be like i know well they don't even know a world without the internet you know whereas like i remember the challenges of dial-up which was so slow and it, you know i think that for them, one of the challenges of that speed is that they want everything yesterday. So they want, you know, if it, any, something takes two seconds to load, it's like they've already clicked off it. So how are you seeing short form content in particular and video really, um, I guess, become popular with that generation? Yeah, well, short form content is incredible to say the least. The engagement it gets for being so short, it's mind boggling. You would think the opposite would be true but clearly not. I think it's something like if you don't engage your consumer or your user in the first two seconds of your TikTok, they're going to scroll up and leave you in the dust. They're absolutely brutal. You have to be Johnny on the spot with it. Especially, and it's not just um, like the length of content, it's the length of trends within that content. And you see it all the time uh, with like the larger brands trying to capitalize on trends and they'll see this great sound that's trending on TikTok and I'll think, oh yeah, we can work this in with our brand and they'll have a meeting about it and they'll follow up in the meeting about it. Then they'll make the content, they'll approve the content and that happens in a week and that sound is long dead and you look like a dinosaur. It's actually so true. I feel that with these trends on TikTok, especially as a platform, you have to be so quick and, you know, because we've obviously come from the world of your Instagrams and Facebooks, you can be a lot more planned because things don't tend to trend as such. Like you can probably be a little bit more set when you're choosing your content pillars. But when it comes to TikTok, like you said, like a tr something can be trending or a song can be trending. And then two seconds later, if you do it, you're seen as uncool, which is honestly horrifying and pretty much the story of my life, just <laughs> struggling to not be uncool as much as possible. Uh, but I think the interesting thing I find about Gen Z is that uh, more than any other generation, they're very socially conscious. Like they care about values. They care about the community. They care about the environment. Can you talk a little bit about how that is impacting content? So the search for authenticity isn't limited to Gen Z, although they are the most conscious of it at the moment. And they are, I think they're probably, again, they're a brutal generation, I'm realizing as we record this podcast, they're just, they have got no time for, for fools. If, I think it's something about 30% of Gen Z 
uh, users report like leaving a brand behind, unfollowing a brand if it doesn't meet their authenticity, their authenticity standards. So it's absolutely crucial for a brand if you want want to connect with the gens that you need to display a level of authenticity, and you actually have to have that authenticity be authentic. It can't just be for show because if it is, they will just move on down the road. Brand loyalty isn't as much a key factor for them as authenticity is. Mm, that's actually really interesting, and I feel that more and more, you know, they are able to tell whether a brand stands for something or not. Because there's a lot of brands out there that just want to make a quick buck and they push out content, but really quickly, Gen Z can go in and, and have a look at what their content is, comb through their website, and go, "You actually stand for nothing," or you don't know where your products, or you know, you, you don't share where your products are made, um, or who makes them, um, or you know, the process behind making them. So I feel like with Gen Z, like you have to be so switched on as a brand if you want to engage them. Otherwise, like you said, they're brutal and they'll just unfollow you, or even not to say worse, but like they'll actually voice their opinion and call mm. out brands. Like they, they're very um, almost um, like they use their platforms for good and like they're real advocates for brands when they're doing amazing things, but they're not afraid to, to use their platform to call out people or brands if they're not standing up for what's right or, you know, they're not being good people or good brands. So I think that's really. It's not even that they're not afraid to do it. They're happy to do it they're encouraged <laughs> to do it that's like that's their favorite thing yeah <laughs> if they they will lo they love to tear down the big man yeah yeah and it goes back to what we were saying at the top of the episode they've got this great nose for content because they're mm. raised in it so they can spot something that's inauthentic immediately mm. and you see it quite often on tiktok and it's a real pet peeve of mine on tiktok when you when you're scrolling and you're scrolling and you're scrolling yeah. all these lovely videos and you'll hit an ad or a piece of branded content and you know it's an ad or a piece of branded content because it doesn't look like it's made for TikTok. It looks flashy. It looks like it's a TV commercial that they've cropped into the format. And that's there's nothing that's going to make someone scroll faster. If you want your content to perform well on these platforms, you have to tailor it and you have to make it look authentic and native to that platform. Otherwise, it's just going to be ignored. That's actually a fantastic point because I think a lot of brands these days are utilizing the power of influencers to create content, which they can then use as ads because it looks like organic content as opposed to ad content. And I think that's something that's very specific to Gen Z in particular because they don't want things that are filtered. They don't want things that are overly produced. Like, in fact, almost like the uglier it is or the rawer it is, the better for Gen Z because it feels a lot more real. Whereas with millennials, I remember, you know, I've been posting on Instagram pretty much since Instagram was created. I'm that old. Uh, but, you know, I'm so conscious of everything that goes out there. And I think, oh, the background has to be neat or the lighting has to be good or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas on TikTok, like you can literally be in your PJs filming content and it can be terrible. The lighting can be average. And you see those videos get millions and millions of views. So I think, you know, TikTok is really probably the home of Gen Z when it comes to social media platforms. And you can really see the dramatic difference between the content that's on TikTok and the content that's on Instagram. So obviously at Cody, like we produce so much content and there's so much content going out online all the time. How do you make sure that whatever content that you're producing is uh, native for the platform? Or say, for example, if you're doing influencers uh, or, you know, specifically targeting Gen Z, um, how would you make sure that the content is right and going to resonate with them? Provided you find yourself an influencer that has real traction, a good deal of authenticity behind them, and is 
knowledgeable about the product in the space they're in and clearly knowledgeable because no one likes to take no one wants to take uh, advice from an actor or someone that doesn't believe in the product or someone that doesn't believably believe in the product so that would be your first step if you're using influencers and then if you're particular well it depends then what platform you're going to if you say if you're going to youtube or instagram be a bit glossier with it put that production value in because that sort of stuff still does really well that's what's still king of those platforms and good reason but if you're going to something like tiktok or reels don't it's it's it feels counterintuitive but don't feel the need to go all out with it just using the influencer filming on their phone that's all you need that's authentic that's simple if, I know you, there's that great temptation to be like, we'll put all this work in, we'll have lights and we'll have mics and we'll have great, this tremendous setup. You don't need it. Authenticity, a clear message, something that targets your audience, that speaks to your audience, something that's coming from someone who's knowledgeable or at least is presented to be knowledgeable will work far more effectively than a big production. I think also making content relatable is really key when it comes to targeting Gen Z because I know they've grown up with meme culture. I feel like I'm so far behind with memes. Like people we talk about memes, like what is that meme? Honestly, it's crazy. But, you know, there have been whole accounts like, you know, Jerry, I don't know if you can say that, drop the F-bomb, beep that out if I can't, David, uh, you know, that have come up, you know, just literally sharing memes. And the one thing I love about Gen Z is I find they're so witty. Like I'm constantly just laughing in the office because you guys will say something cool or say something really funny. I'm like, how do they think so, like they're just so quick and they're so smart. So can you talk a little bit about meme culture and, and I don't know, what's your favorite meme putting you on the spot here? <laughs> God, what's my favorite meme? Oh, the first thing that came to my head is so silly. Oh, no. What is it? It's not even that funny. It's a really old one as well. I mean, say really old. It's probably about 10 years old. It's the first thing that came to my head. It was, I remember because it's my first favorite meme, and it's just the dumbest thing in the world. It's, it's a simple image macro. Just a, like a stock footage. Uh, David, I hope you can find it. It's a stock footage uh, picture of a businessman. And he's like on the phone and he's like really happy. He looks like this. David, use that for your search. <laughs> and it says, ha ha, business. And as like a 17 year old, I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, I just think that there's just so many good memes out there. And memes have come a long way, I'm realizing now. <laughs> They've come a long way and then also like not come a long way because I feel like they're still so lo fi. You know? hmm, that's another key part of them. You can't yeah. put too much effort into a meme. Otherwise, people ignore it. You see it all the time when. When elections roll around, politicians always try to, politicians are, and if, look, if there are any politicians watching this, and I know there are, I know there are several, don't let your social media team talk you into doing something like that. It's not good. <laughs> best, best case scenario is you get like an ironic level of appreciation, but that's not going to win you any votes. Just don't do it. Yeah, I think that's actually a good point. You can't chase a meme. You can't force a meme to happen. It just happens organically, uh, which really ties into the whole uh, content vibe of Gen Z. One of my greatest fears in life is accidentally becoming a meme, but like not a good one. So <laughs> just to wrap up, I, I wouldn't mind actually talking a little bit about cancel culture because we touched on the fact that Gen Z aren't afraid to use their platforms as a soapbox really and, and say what they think. And it's funny because I feel like more than any other generation, they're happy to do that. And I, I do feel like that they're 
the things that they say are a lot more constructive. Whereas I feel like with the millennial generation, that was really where trolling started and you would just see so many negative messages, but it was not really constructive, so to speak. Whereas the things that Gen Z are actually saying, uh, you know, calling out big brands who are ripping off the designs of say, you know, um, smaller emerging designers, which I think is really important. So do you feel like cancel culture is fair or do you feel like it's it can be really damaging? I've yet to see anyone be permanently taken back down by cancel culture who hasn't deserved it. Mm. I think that, that, sh- that sh- I hadn't thought about it like this. It's a really interesting way you put it. I haven't thought about that shift from trolling to actual activism that you're seeing these days. That's really quite lovely. Well done, internet. I'm very proud of you for that. It's a lot better. That's a lot better. Ironically as well, that if you were a big troller back in, you know, the heyday a decade ago, you're probably going to get cancelled for it now. So watch out. So I I really do feel like it can be used for good. Um, I think my concern with cancel culture is almost like the, it's like you're almost guilty uh, at its trial by media. And you might not actually have done the things that people are accusing you of, but society is deemed that you're guilty and you're cancelled and you'll no longer be relevant or, you know, you'll no longer have opportunities, which, you know, if you've done the the bad things that you've done, then good. But if you haven't, then it can really damage people's reputation. So, yeah, it's very very interesting because, I mean, I'm a big Sex and the City fan and um, if anyone watches Sex and the City, they just released... Uh, and just like that, which is the kind of reboot, I guess, of Sex and the City. And uh, if you have been watching it, spoiler alert, if you haven't, please don't listen to this next bit because... Uh, oh, I've got no choice. I'm only just I'm just about to finish season five of Sex and the City. I'm oh, not there no. yet, least. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Okay, keep listening, keep listening. Uh, but... Uh, Mr. Big's in it, which I don't think is a spoiler, um, mm. but he was accused of um, sexual harassment by and sexual assault by numerous women. And he's come out and said it's not true, but everyone's cancelled him. So it, it is quite interesting to see that, you know, it's not a court of law or anything like that, yet people have just decided his fate. So very powerful, um, the internet, for good things and bad things, unfortunately. But thank you so much, Goose. You were a fantastic, well, hopefully I was a fantastic co-pilot on today's show. (laughs) Oh, I think you were absolutely the pilot. I was barely a co-pilot. I don't think I'd qualify as a stewardess. I was, I don't, I wasn't even a passenger. I was a stowaway hiding in the belly of the plane. Not at all. You were you were the main man. I was the wingman uh, on today's show. But uh, no, definitely really appreciate all your amazing work and your insights today. Uh, you know, if you're looking to target Gen Z, um, definitely reach out to us. We can 100% help you. I myself am not Gen Z, unfortunately. I'm too old. But um, the team are incredible at what they do. So thank you so much, Goose. I will see you in the office. See you around.